It's October 25th, 2020, and welcome to episode 45 of the Babe Metal Podcast. We gather in the podcast Discord server on alternate weeks to discuss news and thoughts on the past and future projects of Baby Metal. We invite you to join us, whether you're a longtime fan or have only just arrived. I am Paul, and I am joined by Kevin. Hello, everybody. And Callie. Hello, everyone. So there's a bunch of stuff to talk about. Uh, we have actually a fairly sizable chunk of recent news we can talk about, but then the main topic is going to be uh, basically the listener reflections that we got. Um, we put out a survey asking for people to to answer some, you know, sort of questions about the role of baby metal in their life and that sort of thing. And we'll go through that. Got some pretty interesting responses and it's been, it's been fun to read them. It'll, it will be fun to discuss them here as well. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you to everyone who participated. Okay, so let's see. Stuff that has happened since last time. We completed, you know, the five-part Honetalk series. <laughs> and I, I have to admit, I did not go back and rewatch it. <laughs> no, I didn't either. I have not either. So <laughs> it was sort of as we expected, though. I mean, you know, um, we predicted pretty much correctly what it was going to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, just uh, basically three journalists talking about well, essentially the I, the framework was just sort of walking us through the decade, um, mm-hmm. but kind of hosted by journalists who had been. Uh, sort of covering them over the years. So it was like the first 10 minutes of a behind the music episode. Mm-hmm. If anybody remembers what those are. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. fully, no. but, um, but it's sort of related to the pop-up video phenomenon as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose. <laughs> With the little like info boxes that show up every once in a while telling you right. facts you didn't care about. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's see. So there's that. Anyway. Um, Oh, and uh, another thing that had to do with the 10-year the celebration, we had the, the trivia quiz, which anyone who gets that, all the 10 questions right, has the ability to to enter a lottery to become, a, what was it called, a, um, a, an evangelist? Evan- yeah, evangelist, I believe is the word. <laughs> sort of some, some kind of certified evangelist. And okay. um, so we've seen two questions so far and I have to say that the bar is quite low. (laughs) (laughs) It's uh, boy, those questions. I mean, it's sort of like three things that are clearly nonsense and one thing that you've heard of. So even if you can't read it in Japanese, (laughs) it's like, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't even know if it's, if we should worry about spoiling the answers. I mean, like one was metal resistance and then three things that were nothing. <laughs> and the other one was like ring, ring, ring. And then three things that were like bang, bang, bang. <laughs> it's like, all right. So I assume everybody got those questions right. I'm sure I would have, but I've been slacking and haven't taken my second question yet. Oh, okay. Let's see. So other things that happened, uh, Here's something that happened quite recently, but, um, you know, so among the things that were happening over the, like the 10th anniversary celebration, there's a, a song tournament. And as you might recall, this was, uh, like it was introduced as, um, based on fan vote, 10 songs will be selected, which fans feel best represents what baby metal is all about. Right. And so they introduced that and they, they said that that's what the contest was. And what's going to happen is at the end, they're going to make a little, um, compilation live video thing that will be part of the limited edition C. Yes. So actually, so one thing I would say to you about this is that um, it's, we have most of the results now. Um, actually, the, there's only one vote left. 
and that that turned out to be between the one and baby metal death which mm-hmm. is interesting mm-hmm. i don't know what's going to happen uh baby metal death is is winning pretty seriously the last time i looked at least on instagram yeah i think that might i think it might well take it but so we have we have like basically all but one we have nine of the 10 songs and what i think is pretty uh, interesting is that six or seven depending on which of the, you know that last result of the 10 came from the first album <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to say I'm really impressed with the the fan community not picking the obvious choice in a lot of cases. There have definitely been what I would call some upsets in this voting. Yeah. So, um I don't think I I forget what we how far we'd gotten um last time when we recorded but Onidari Daisaksan won, which is yeah, amazing. Catch mm. me if you can one, which mm-hmm. is also amazing. The other thing I was going to mention, too, is that, uh, as you might recall, there's a very similar disc uh, being included with the the one Chronicle set. So, except the only difference there is that the song list is drawn from the, you know, the main best of CD. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of like an alternate one. Anyway, so, yeah, I, I think I think that is pretty interesting that we have probably 70 percent of this disc comes from the first album, which is over half of the first album. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. With one song from Metal Resistance and one song from <laughs> Metal Galaxy. Yeah. I, I would say shooting from the hip, a lot of people just love the first album. Mm-hmm. And while while people like the uh the new the newer stuff from uh, Metal Galaxy and Metal Resistance, I, I think it's been so long since we've seen a lot of that content that uh mm. people are excited to see what happens. Um on a personal level, my voting strategy has been uh what what can I vote for to increase the chances of seeing older footage? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, so they, they made it, they did, they did say that, you know, like the, the consequence of this vote is this live compilation. And so there is, for people who understood that, uh, or, mm-hmm. you know, like saw what the consequence was, there's a strategy, which we yes. kind of talked about last time. Although I think I would have thought up until yesterday that 90% of the people did not understand the consequence and they were just voting for their favorite song. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, what I will say though, I honestly, it took me halfway through this contest to realize that it was also happening on Facebook. Um, and then <laughs> yeah, the com- I had no idea. Yeah. Same. No idea. <laughs> I, I honestly didn't even know Facebook stories were a thing. So, <laughs> Cause I don't really Facebook. Um, no. But what I did notice the couple of times I'd either checked in on it or somebody brought it to my attention is that the the votes were often flipped. Yeah. So it, it looked like in, yeah, like Instagram yeah. was following the I want to see something interesting that we might not have seen before or um might yield a more interesting product in the end whereas Facebook was 100% what I would have expected to win every time. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard some speculations that the uh Instagram uh numbers are greater like there are more people voting on instagram than on facebook hmm. um but i don't know i'm not sure how we know that hmm. yeah i wouldn't know how to look that up in ge- in general when big metal posted this initially though it was the the vote is supposed to be basically what best represents what big metal is all about mm-hmm. so that's that's one point i wanted to put in here in preparation for the interesting result we got as we said last time, there's this weird unicorn out there, which is the uh, performance of From Dusk Till Dawn that was done at the Palladium. 
Kevin, you saw that happen, actually. I did. Um, and we've seen fan cams of it and stuff like that. And, you know, so we know it was performed. We have, you know, not great video of it. And people who were there know that there were tons of cameras there. It was clearly mm -hmm. being pro shot. And mm -hmm. then it never came out. And so we had, you know, so last time when we recorded, we, we, you know, promoted the strategy of like, who cares what it's against? Vote for From Dust Till Dawn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, um, and, and, you know, the thing is, it's actually, um, it was a long shot. It had to beat up, down, left, right, BBAB. Um, it had to beat Brand New Day. It had to beat, uh, the Headbanger. winner of Headbanger and Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, that was, that's a, a rough path. Talk about the wild card pick coming through yeah. to the World Series. And, and the other thing is too, like, I think when you do a straight sorter where there is no consequence except, you know, your preferences, uh, I think from dusk till dawn does not survive very long. Yeah, I agree. So, um, what that suggests to me is that the, the campaign had an effect that enough people were focused on this idea of promoting from dusk till dawn to the top in hopes perhaps of getting that video out. But yeah. So, and it made it and it, it actually did win. <laughs> which I is was amazing. shocked. We have yeah. the power. Um, on the initial announcement, there was something that was kind of a, a weird flag um, that caused people to wonder about this this possible outcome. Um, although nobody really wondered about this with respect to up, down, left, right, BBAB, uh, even though that was clearly impossible. Like that can't win because that was never recorded or that can't be on the disc because it was never recorded. Mm -hmm. But um, there's a thing that says... Uh, Please note that if the video of the selected song cannot be used due to rights, legal matters, the opposing song may be automatically selected. And really, that can only be referring to <laughs> From Dust Till Dawn. Yeah. So they kind of went into it with the possibility that this could this could win. But nevertheless, they sort of – I think we're trying to sort of temper expectations on that. One, one – um, thing that I guess I would also say is that, uh, you know, to the extent that they're actually trying to have people pick the songs that best represent baby metal, they need to, they need to give them all as options. Yeah. So, I agree. And, they, and they also can't say like, if this one wins, it won't count because that'll, that'll just totally depress the turnout on that one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so they, they left it, they left it in this kind of vague state where people who are really deeply into this would understand what's happening. Um, but other, otherwise not. Uh, and then at, on the flip side of that, people who are very deeply into this and understood what was happening uh, also are the ones that, that kind of saw the possibility <laughs> that maybe mm -hmm. this could come out. But anyway, so it's been kind of a roller coaster. Uh, but I think now we basically, we know more, more confidently than we did before that there's a rights problem, that they can't release this. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um. And it's probably not. It's probably not an actual problem with the footage. It's probably something with the uh, with the actual ownership of the video. I think that's the most plausible explanation. Yeah, there's been a lot of theories going around in the last 24 hours, 12 yeah. hours, 12 hours. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think the most probable answer is that the what was being filmed was not being filmed by Baby Metal. For the purpose of use yeah. by Baby Metal and Muse. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the, uh, the the theory is 
uh, around that same time, um, if you remember, there was rumors of, well, I guess maybe it wasn't even a rumor. It was basically no, a confirmation that there was going to be, it was, there was going to be uh, some sort of TV show that featuring baby metal, um, animated live hybrid thing, if I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think the leading theory is that whoever was producing that filmed the Palladium for use as reference or for use in the show. And they're the ones who own the rights to that footage. And that's why we can't see it. Yep. Um, and as far as we know, that show didn't happen and is never going to happen. So it's still sitting on a shelf somewhere and either uh, the people who own it are unwilling to give it up or ask so much money for it that Amuse basically said, no, this is not financially worth it for us to try and buy the rights back. Yeah. Yeah, that seems fair. Yeah, the, uh, there was a um, on September twenty eighth, twenty sixteenth, Blue Ribbon Content, um, a subunit of Warner Brothers, announced this that they were going to do this, um, and there was some speculation when the Palladium actually happened. Uh, so that was that was in um, the end of twenty sixteen. The Palladium was June sixteenth, twenty seventeen, um, and before the Palladium, this project was still listed on the Blue Ribbon Content site. Mm-hmm. Um, by July, it was not there anymore. So, um, and also the Palladium is, is like physically right next to Warner Brothers. Right. So, um, so there was, at the time, there's a lot of speculation that these things were connected, that, you know, the, the trip to the Palladium was actually just, the Palladium show was kind of piggybacking on the trip to Warner Brothers. Right. Um, which makes sense. Like you said, it's, it's right around the corner from the studio. Um, and if you look at everything else in hindsight, it was the only headline show they performed that entire year mm-hmm. outside of Japan. Yeah. Yeah. So it probably they it probably really is they just don't have the rights to it and it's frustrating. Um but <laughs> I do I I think it is I think it was still worth it to to have had that campaign and to kind of show the desire to see this because they're still they could still conceivably record it again, you know, mm-hmm. so at a different venue with different cameras. I think uh I want to share what Darren put in our chat last night while mm-hmm. The world was melting down because um, I, I totally agree with it. Uh, personally disappointed, but not mad. More impressed that the baby metal fans banded together once again, just like the Our Place collage on Reddit, the Wembley flags, uh, the Onedare Daisakusen money, and voting them into the top of basically every music publication's best of list or poll ever. Um, and, and he's right. I think it's super impressive that the community came together to try and make a thing happen. Even if the result isn't what we wanted. Indeed. Yeah. Okay, let's see. So so there's that. So the, And the tournament is almost over. We'll soon have that established. Um, another thing that happened um, was we the Songs of Tokyo uh, thing streamed. So yeah. that was cool. Um, there Man, was, it was so know, nice not getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning to watch a stream in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I assume everybody watched it at least at some time, right? I watched it right at the beginning. Yeah, I did. I watched it live. Yeah, it was, it was about half past twelve at night for me, but still worth it. Yeah. Um. So the, this was available on the um, uh, NHK World website, mm-hmm. and so it was possible to stream this from anywhere. It was uh, Baby Metal was in part one. There were four parts, but uh, you know who cares about the other parts? <laughs> <laughs> um, and they were one of four 
groups that were uh, they were third of four groups that yep. were um, played in the part one show. Um, there was some actually before this aired, there were some shots, some promo stills uh, that showed a little bit of background, um, and it was it was possible to sort of see enough of the background that that there was some hypothesis about what was ha- you know what was going to be played, and initially I thought it was going to be from the choreography at least it was going to be Papaya. it was and that um the the background looked like elevator girl and bmc um turned out that elevator girl the that was just a, a mislead they in fact they just had a had boxes in the background of Papaya. Mm. <laughs> but um but they did have a photo that just seemed it just seemed like it had to be bmc um it turned out that uh it was, and we didn't get to see all of all of what they're going to show. So they are later going to show a more involved version of this uh, after the, after the streams are over. Mm-hmm. So it's going to have a slightly longer interview, uh, and it's going to have BMC as well. Oh, and they also played Gimme Chocolate. <laughs> I didn't mention yes. that. <laughs> and I suppose we have the answer as to why we couldn't find anybody or hear anything about uh, attending the fan audience virtually. Yeah, either they didn't pick anybody or – I mean, like, so the other three groups actually uh, – well, at least the first two, I didn't watch the fourth. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't either. They talked to the fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had uh, – I'm going to just guess 24 people um, mm-hmm. or so up on – they had uh, big screens out kind of in where the crowd would be in this auditorium that were watching the performance live or it looked like probably just watching the interview portion live. Uh, and they picked a representative mm-hmm. to talk to the group and ask a question. Um, what actually, what I was really impressed by that by watching the first couple of groups is they managed to find I think two out of the three people they talked to prior to Baby Metal both spoke like N one Japanese, which was really impressive. Yeah. One guy was German. Yeah. Um, um, the other the other guy was from Europe too. That spoke pretty good Japanese, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah, that was wild. Um, but. Uh, it- yeah, and you know, had they picked me, I wouldn't. I would. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be anywhere close to that. So, oh, and the other thing too is that um, the stream that I watched was terrible. <laughs> oh, as man. Goes. Really, yours wasn't HD. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was. It was just. Uh, it was like watching. It, it may, uh, I mean, of course, actually, it was okay when it was not moving. But of course, you know, yeah, there's fire and stuff. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It didn't help. The uh, the interview was okay, but you could mm-hmm. tell the bit rate was super low because anytime the camera did anything interesting or really there was movement faster than that of a leisurely walk, the uh, the bit rate just totally fell apart and you got about six pixels, at least for me. Yeah. Um, I, I had I did have a like a stream capture thing running that worked a little better. Um, although I, I noticed a couple of different people who captured this you know mine and someone else's um there was a there's a uh, like a skip in give me chocolate i don't i don't know i mean i guess that may have been just for everyone um i i'm assuming that maybe maybe the second time it was played um that didn't happen but but uh, it seems like at least two sources in north america uh got us got a skip in the near the mm. end of give me chocolate weirdly i but, didn't notice that yeah but uh, oh, anyway, so the quality was not great. Um, but they did an, they actually did an interview, um, which was pretty cool. Like I wasn't 
convinced they were going to. Mm-hmm. No. But they haven't they haven't been on TV in years, have they? Mm-hmm. No. No, I don't think so. No, not yeah. like that. I want to say like Metal Resistance like twenty sixteen was the last time they kind of did an appearance yeah. on TV in Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was really nice to see. Yeah, absolutely. Well and and this I mean like it's been it's been a long time since we've really seen them like mm-hmm. do something new. I mean like they've they've fed us things. But yeah. um, uh, and in their new costumes, which was mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, they looked yeah, good the, too. Yeah, the new yeah they looked amazing. Mm. I do love the color palette. Yeah, mm-hmm. lovely. And it is it is kind of interesting this X design. I mean, you know, like the the, the X is right there. <laughs> In the, in the costume. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, you know, given that they were basically on a break for a really long time, um, it worked out quite well. Yeah, definitely. So. Uh, they were both very well spoken in the interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, message was very wholesome. Um, yeah. And it was, <clears throat> it was like, you know, Ma tried to, you know, Ma sort of said like, you know, look, everything's terrible now but uh you know try to enjoy this this is kind of yeah. nice <laughs> L- listen listen to listen to music and stay positive yeah we can do that's that pretty, pretty <laughs> great message and uh sue's english pronunciation was also really impressive i thought she did address the fans in english yeah pretty clear she's been working on that in her mm-hmm. uh off time yeah, that was that was pretty excellent, and it was because it was on NHK World. Uh, all the Japanese was subtitled. Mm-hmm. It was actually kind of interesting to watch, you know, before this thing came on on NHK World, because um, everything on that channel has such clearly enunciated English. <laughs> yes, slow and clear. <laughs> I, I really appreciated the announcer that introduced every group, uh, because when he announced Baby Metal. <laughs> The the, uh, the English words that he chose were, like you said, very, very, very precisely pronounced. And it was it sounded hysterical yeah. to me. The sensation from Japan, known for their kawaii music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just made me laugh. <laughs> it sounded like um, uh, this. Uh, it's quite possible that the, the reference is too old for most people or too um, American. But it sounded like Tom Brokaw to me, who was like a news. Announcer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it did a little bit. Yeah, so that was that was it was neat um, to see this. I'm, I'm glad that they did that. Uh, it was recorded, you know, some time ago, two weeks ago. But mm-hmm. anyway, so that was good. Uh, one little thing: um, Metal Hammer just came out, issue three forty one. It has Judas Priest on the cover. It's sort of celebrating their fiftieth anniversary, and inside they have a bunch of little blurbs from various people, um, and the various people include Zoo Metal and Mall Metal. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, I just saw that this morning. Yeah, I think it may have just come out today. Breaking news. Yep. In two weeks when you hear this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Sue Metal says, congratulations on your 50th anniversary. Ever since we collaborated together four years ago and you told us to stay metal, your words have always stuck with us and it gave us the courage to believe in our music. We hope to see you again soon. And Maul Metal says, a big congrats to Judas Priest on your 50th anniversary. I vividly remember our first encounter was at a festival and the band was immensely kind to us. It's always been such an honor to see the legendary metal god and we can't wait to see what the future has in store for the band. We love Judas Priest. You know, exclamation points everywhere. Yes, everywhere. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) What I thought was very funny about that is actually like 
this somehow, even though even with this, it felt like um, I could tell who was was whose. <laughs> yes. Like Moa sounded like Moa, and Sue sounded like Sue. Sue's Sue's is kind of like straightforward. You know, I'm I'm giving you a congratulations as is proper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Moa's like, "We love you." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, uh, so the other the other big thing, um, I think it's possible that this news is actually more recent than even our previous recording, like all together, um, is that uh, turns out. Bring Me the Horizon is releasing an EP that has a song featuring baby metal on it. Um, we didn't know that last time we recorded, did we? Um, I don't think we? so, no. No, I don't think we did. <laughs> Just trying to remember. Yeah, so that is that is surprising. Um, I mean, sort of. Which is too bad. It, it, I guess it would have been more surprising if it had been like Weird Al Yankovic or something, but, um, but uh, uh, we didn't... <laughs> We didn't see this coming, even though they've been talking about Bring Me the Horizon and they, they you know, had them open for yeah. them in Japan and stuff. I know, I remember thinking back during, I don't know when, the like Fest Download Festival or Glastonbury or something, that they were planting Bring Me the Horizon's name a lot. Like, mm-hmm. and I guess that was, you know, I, in the end, I kind of figured that was just um, in anticipation of the, the world tour in Japan opener, you know, like after the fact, when we discovered that they were going to be opening, I figured maybe that was why they were dropping their name so much. But this could be part of that as well. Yeah, I think so. Nothing is by accident anymore. Yeah. Well, usually I, I always have this kind of belief like, you know, we're supposed to willingly suspend our disbelief. But uh, really, they only they only say stuff like that when it's already basically done. <laughs> right. You know, we would love to collaborate with you means that was fun recording that thing. Mm hmm. <laughs> But yeah, so anyway, the the song the um the EP is called Posthuman Survival Horror and it's um uh basically I think conceptually somehow related to being, you know, isolated through the pandemic. Mhm. So they at least I'm not sure exactly they said something like, you know, this was sort of constructed during this time, you know, when everybody's kind of stuck at home. Although some of these songs have been out for a while. So um, they they weren't all recorded in this time, right? So it included uh, let's see, it included um, Ludens for sure it existed before because I think they played that in Japan, and Parasite Eve and Obey with Young Blood uh, are were out before, and uh, Teardrops got released along with the announcement. So there's a few songs that are already out and a few songs that are not. The one we care about, uh, well, actually there are two. There too, we care about really. Um, the main one we care about that's credited is called Kingslayer, featuring Baby Metal. There also is another song, "Itch for the Cure." When will we be free? Uh, which is another song on it that does not say featuring Baby Metal, but is nevertheless featuring Baby Metal. Oh, I did not know that. So, oh, is it? Oh, um, it precedes. Uh, it's the song before um, Kingslayer on this EP. Ah, uh, right. Okay. Huh. Okay. But um, so. This is exciting. Um, it's pretty weird, but uh, um, so anyway, this will be out fairly soon. Um, anyway, we look forward to that. Uh, is that it? I think that's I think that's it for the the non-topic stuff. That but, sounds about right. Okay. Okay. So now now I guess we can uh, we can turn to the 
main topic of the episode now that we're however many minutes in, which is the survey that I mentioned at the beginning. So I don't know if, um, Kevin, if you wanted to describe that and we can maybe talk about the, the um, demographic stuff as well. Yeah, sure. I can do that. Uh, so Baby Metal's been around for 10 years. That's pretty cool. Um, we decided it would be fun to see what our listeners and anybody who would stumble across our survey uh, kind of had to say about that. Uh, so we asked a series of questions kind of reflecting on the last year, uh, which I think is important because 2020 has been kind of a train wreck for everybody. So I thought it would be interesting to see and contrast what people have thought in the last year uh, versus reflecting on the last 10 years that the group has been around. Uh, so we asked a series of questions um, that kind of captured that information and we also got some demographics just because I was curious and wanted to see what, who was out there, who was listening, um, and if that led to any interesting um, revelations onto what people are answering from where, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, so we had uh, 50 total responses, uh, which, you know, thank you so much for everybody who took the time to... Uh, submit something on our survey. We really do appreciate that. Uh, some of you definitely took your time and were really thoughtful. Uh, and all of these have been just a joy to read. Um, and apologies in advance if we uh, aren't going to feature yours when we get into talking to about them here, because to be frank, we got more than we expected. Yep. <laughs> and yeah, was, the response was quite amazing. It really was. Um, and we'd be here for four hours if we, really wanted to go through all of them and we just can't do that. Uh, so like I said, we got 50 responses. Um, interestingly, I think, uh, well, you know, we tried to capture age and it's split almost evenly from 18 to 65 years old. It, yeah. cu oh, cool. it cuts up almost perfectly at 24%. Uh, the outliers being, uh, less than 18 year old and, uh, 56 to 65. <laughs> yeah. Which, is really pretty interesting. And I think that speaks volumes about the van, the fan base as a whole. Um, yeah, I wasn't expecting that actually to, to split out quite that. I, I uh, wasn't evenly. either. So if you're in our chat, you can see that our, the age responses are in fact pretty darn even with a couple of outliers. Um, I think unsurprisingly, uh, we asked where you are in the world. Um, and 47 and 39 Europe, North America with outliers being everywhere else. So yeah. basically because, you know, we're an English show, most of the people that we're going to engage with are going to be in those areas. Yeah. Um, the last thing we asked, how long have you been a baby metal fan? Um, again, pretty even, uh, five to six years being the highest at 37%, um, one to two years, 28%, uh, three to four years, 21%. Um, with everybody else falling in the uh, less than a year to uh, seven to eight years category. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Uh, yeah. I did also translate our survey into Japanese and try and post that just to see if we would get any responses. Um, of our 54 people did respond in Japanese to the Japanese survey. So thank you very much Aww. for that. Um, arigatou gozaimashita. Um, Demographics as you are, are as you can expect there. <laughs> uh, everybody was in Japan. Uh, everybody spoke Japanese, and the ages about matched. Uh, so that was really cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I uh, 
was not really expecting quite that that diverse a group. So, mm-hmm. congratulations, everybody, on your diversity. <laughs> guess, yeah, no individual person is diverse, but uh, nevertheless, together we are. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, like we mentioned, uh, we want to talk about some of the people's answers. Um, I've pulled out the ones that I thought were were most interesting to me and things that I wanted to talk about or uh, share. Um, and I know Paul and Callie have as well. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'll just, uh, I'll get the ball rolling here. Um, uh, the first thing we're going to talk about is the responses I got to how has been, how has being a fan changed or what has it meant to you in the last year? Uh, Denodo responds with, I'm a new fan. I found them this year in March thanks to Crunchy, the Crunchyroll collection that used Papaya as a soundtrack. In one week, I was headbanging oh, cool. to Mini Patty, which is incredible. Uh, Baby Metal have <laughs> brought a joy in my life that I can't explain with words. I don't pass a day without listening to them. They are out of this world. So I think some days ago that I was coming for fun and I found the meaning of life. Um, I, I picked this one because I thought it was, well, pretty representative of... I think a lot of people's journey into the fandom and falling down the foxhole. Um, but I, I mainly picked it because it, it, the entry point was, I thought was interesting was the crunchy roll. They, the trailer they released that used Papaya to promote their latest season that they were hosting of anime. Hmm. Cause I feel like that's kind of unique. And I don't think we actually talked about that on the show when that happened or maybe we did. I don't know. Um, I feel like I'm hearing about it for the first time now. So, Oh really? <laughs> So Crunchyroll is a website uh, streaming service that does exclusively anime. Um, you can watch stuff that's being released weekly, airing live in Japan. Um, and they did a preview of shows that are coming out this season that are currently airing that used Papaya as the soundtrack. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, Toby nailed it. It's the anime Netflix. <laughs> I see. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, it was neat to see. I mean, I guess we could sort of see that in the demographics, but it was also neat to read um, a, a number of people who were new, are new, you know, that that can't answer the question about how mm-hmm. it differed from last year because last year, you know, it's yeah. undefined. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, okay, I'll, the one I was going to pick for that. And so this is Avenged Metal. So, so what it, being a baby metal fan meant to you in the last year? Um, it means sharing an obsession unlike any other with people all over the world together, like a family full of exclusive jokes and phrases that only we understand. It's a sense of belonging and family unlike anywhere else in music. Um, and and I you know sort of identified with that as well. Like it, mm-hmm. um, there's, it's the same sort of feeling that you get when you're dropped into a line at a show. You know that, you know you have these inside jokes these you know like a common frame of reference that you don't have with anybody in your real life yeah um that's you know it's connecting with the community i guess um but it's deep enough to have these things so anyway i I thought that i I liked that as a Mm -hmm. sentiment i think the piggyback on that um dan metal responds to the same question 2020 has been a tough year i became a fan in october 2019 lost my dear mom in january and then the pandemic hit in March. Getting into baby metal has helped me to escape my problems for a bit and distract my mind with cheerful music. Mm-hmm. So, you know, really sorry for your loss, Dan. Um, but I, I do think that kind of speaks to the community. And I think a lot of people can at least relate, maybe not directly to that, but 
being able to relate to the positive effect that the music has on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one here below the one you just read is, um, this is from Andrew. Um, mm-hmm. it has been, it has been everything. It's helped me keep sane in isolation. My interaction with fellow fans on Twitter has kept me going. And I think that's seen in a lot of other comments as well of being in lockdown and just listening to their music and just interacting with other fans as well has helped a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another one down here. Um, uh, someone else says this, this is from Fizzy. I don't know who that is. Um, comfort in their music, finding connections with, within the fandom since meeting some lovely people back in February. So that, that person's obviously just met all these new people on the tour back in February and just carried on the relationship. And they've also said throughout lockdown, I've immersed myself in their songs and videos, providing a well needed distraction from the pandemic. They've been my musical rock, to be honest. So I think that's just a lovely, lovely comment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're right. There's definitely some themes that kind of emerged. Um, mm, yeah. Which I suppose aren't surprising in hindsight, but are interesting nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, that being one of them. Yeah, there's definitely um, quite a number of responses that that really just talk about the the supportive community and you know meeting friends and things like that, and help with depression and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So TBR on Reddit wrote a really nice response, and I chose it not only because it's very well written, um, but they clearly care, and it's and it's I think it's interesting and worth noting. Um, but bear with me here; it is it is Toby levels of long. <laughs> Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Being a fan of baby metal has meant embracing a side of myself that I had completely forgotten about. It was there, but it had been hidden under my personal demons, mud, and just negativity. During the final months of 2019, I went through some serious personal losses that affected me physically, mentally, and emotionally. Breakups can be hard, but they can also be a source of incredible pain and sadness when your trust and belief in a person is broken. Even if you carry your fair share of the burden of what happens in a relationship, the world just seems a lot darker when it happens. What made all this worse was also realizing that people I used to call friends never had my best interest in mind, but on the contrary, wanted to harm me. I parted ways with plenty of people, a much needed process, but the feelings aren't easy to let go of and and can be a real trial. In my case, it took me down a road of depression, anger, and intense grief. It didn't help that this whole pandemic isolated me from most of the things I enjoy. That's where my musical taste really went dark. I had always enjoyed rock and had grown particularly fond of metal. Metal itself was my outlet, my lifeline, and my source of strength. As much as I love the type of music I was listening to and that I still enjoy regularly, I was using it plenty. I was listening to plenty of sad songs as an excuse to stay locked in a bad mindset. I just couldn't let it go. I still couldn't accept what happened, and now it was all getting mixed with the frustrations of everything in the pandemic. Enter Corey Taylor and my favorite singer. It was his music in Slipknot that not only became an outlet for me, but also introduced me to much heavier types of metal. Corey is like an idol for me, because a lot of his life experiences are similar to mine, and seeing him overcome his demons also gave me strength to fight my own. As a huge fan of him, I was very excited for his solo album. I remember watching the CMFT Must Be Stopped music video near minutes after its release, and I was loving it. I was happy, and then in a single moment, just fractions of a second, there, there they are, baby metal, Sue and Moa. I make a big surprise face of sheer surprise and joy until it hit me. I started to tear up. 
It was like seeing old friends that you absolutely loved and hadn't seen in a very long time. The memories came rushing in, remembering how happy this band made me. I had forgotten all about them, and though I say with regret, I am also thankful to have rediscovered them that day specifically. I hadn't seen them in months. I learned about them in the summer of 2019 and was blown away by both Papaya and, more importantly, Karate. I went through a short binge back then and I became a fan, but the last I heard of them was the Starlight music video. I remember being very saddened by the departure of Yui and learning the story behind Mikio's death. It was truly heartbreaking stuff. Life went south for me shortly after and I just forgot about them. After wiping those tears, I learned they had released a new album a while back and that they had been extremely successful with it. I learned how strong they had fought to evolve and change in spite of the challenges. I felt inspired by them and their tenacity. Any other regular band would have given up, but not those girls. I then binged their music again, reconnecting and learning as much as I could. I listened to Metal Galaxy in its entirety and was in awe. Song after song, I just felt joy, happiness, motivation, and hype. However, it was Brand New Day that changed my life. Without understanding the lyrics, I just connected with this song, and most importantly, the dance. I then checked out the lyrics, and boom. I got the message that I needed. I didn't need to carry that weight anymore. I didn't have to keep myself chained to grief and rage. I can be happy. The days that I lost and suffered through were hard, but they are in the past and I'm still standing and moving forward, succeeding in other areas. Today can be a brand new day. And if I ever feel sad, if I remember how those moments made me feel, then it's okay to break sometimes. I still have other days in my week to keep trying, to keep pushing my boundaries and grow. These girls finally helped me make peace with it all, and most importantly, let it go and be able to enjoy the dark music with a clear mind. It wasn't the music that kept me chained, it was me, because it was me who held the chains. I could also break them. The type of message in Brand New Day, also reinforced by Shine and Arcadia, uh, but you can see it in the dance of Brand New Day, clearer as well, day laugh out loud when the girls all make their sobbing pose near the end they then open their arms they wake up embracing a new day a new moment a new perspective of life with perseverance it is also highlighted by the snapping of the fingers as a signal to me that means wake up the rest is history i'm a kitsune through and through and with a debt of gratitude to these girls who have also become idols and friends in a way they've inspired me to look at life differently to remember my fun-loving side and the kindness of good in my own heart and that of others. That light can overcome any darkness, after all, and I'm still pushing forward with life because we are the one. Forever on the road of resistance, TBR. Amazing. <laughs> wow, I don't even have any words to describe. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely incredible story. Thank you so much for sharing yeah, that clap, with clap, me. Clap, 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 yeah. <laughs> And, I'll, and a, a lot of uh, thought and time put into putting that together, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, again, you know, it, it fits the theme, I think, that we were talking about five minutes ago when I started reading this. Um, <laughs> this group's inspiring. You know, it's, it's saved a lot of people, I think. And, you know, the more we reach out and kind of dive into the community like this, um, the more these stories start coming out. And it's amazing to me every single time. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. I think maybe I'll, uh, a couple of shorter ones. Um, one I thought was interesting was, um, from, 
It's Joshua Gui Metal, I think. Um, who knows if I'm pronouncing people's names right. But um, being a Baby Metal fan in France is uneasy. Many friends and other metal fans are unaware of the band and how Baby Metal is nowadays. They still consider it an Asian band with young girls dancing as it was in the early years. After listening to a few songs, when I succeeded in uh, getting them to, and viewing video from live shows, some changed their mind, but not so many. The band have press media coverage, but it's not enough to give them the notoriety required to be in the mainstream. The 10th anniversary event and the last songs gave a handful of uh, help. Uh, maybe a bigger presence on social media could do it. I hope I could invite friends to see a live concert soon to enjoy it and share the happiness with all. Um, and I thought that was kind of neat and interesting, mm. you know, partly just because... Um, I can kind of identify with that feeling like uh, I would like them to become more famous so that uh, like I can talk to more people about them, <laughs> you know? Mm, sure. Um, because I think as, you know, even, even this time we've noted that, you know, a lot of us don't have many people in like real life Yeah. that, that know <laughs> even who these people are, let alone appreciate them. And there is kind of a, there's a reflex reaction to it that mm -hmm. uh, isn't, isn't necessarily positive. <laughs> Yeah, it's an interesting point. I remember when I first was getting into this whole thing, I, I was very um, not embarrassed, maybe apprehensive to mm -hmm. try and share this with my other friends just because of kind of the stigma around it and what I would expect the expectation or the reaction would have been. Um, I think I've grown past that. I just share this now with everybody and I could care less what people think. Um, <laughs> but I definitely relate to the sentiment. Yeah. Maybe I'll just put in a couple really quick ones. Some uh, Corvine wrote, the music and live show videos have provided escapism from the general horror of 2020. I think that is mm. uh, accurate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very. Let's see. Lucifer wrote, um, they meant so much to me. I was fairly depressed and pessimistic. Then I stumbled upon Baby Metal and through them I achieved to smile again, be optimistic and motivated again. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so one more one more on the, on the first question. Um, this is from Toby, the other author of large texts <laughs> but um and actually i think um featured in one of probably our longest podcast episodes that we've ever recorded <laughs> but yeah um but yeah so uh toby says um when i think about what being a baby metal fan this year means to me i can't help but immediately think of the original concept of the metal galaxy album the light and the dark let's talk about the light we had a new album, an incredible tour in support of it, and personally I got to make countless new friends, some of which are now like family to me. Riho suddenly appeared on social media and treated fans both local and international to fascinating thoughts and insights, later appearing on stage in a theatrical performance and launching a writing career to boot. The world was treated to several legendary baby metal performances from the last decade via YouTube, giving older Kitsune a nostalgic treat and a newer, a newer Kitsune a delicious taste of good times on the road towards now. 1-5 launched, and so we saw another Avenger take a step forward upon a new path. There were so many great moments, but the biggest and most personal for me was the Baby Metal podcast. Yes. <laughs> Providing me a platform to share my life story with the one. And we, and we here appreciate that, I say in parentheses. So, where was I? The response from every single person was overwhelmingly loving, and I received dozens of heartfelt messages from around the world, with many expressing the same sentiment. If you can do it, then I can do it too. Every single word from everyone who took the time to respond to that episode, I love you. That being said, I would be remiss not to mention the dark, the flip side of the coin from all of this positivity, if you will. Parts of the world that were yet to host Baby Metal sadly saw their dreams slip from their grasp as shows were gradually canceled and a second tour of Europe was postponed. Rio expressed subtly worded concerns about the tone and content of messages she was receiving on her social media at a time 
when where we lost Hannah Kimura and Hina Takano to the Demon of Tragedy. The surge of interest and excitement that erupted in the wake of the YouTube shows was answered with a cold, unsettling silence from official Baby Metal social media, aside from the occasional nudge to spend money on merchandise. And in response to this deafening silence, the one would occasionally descend into civil wars sparked by ill-considered social media discussions. It could also be said that the much-anticipated XX Day 10th anniversary event amounted to little more than an opportunity to milk the fan base dry at a time when the world was plunging deeper into financial crisis. Ultimately, what this year has meant to me as a baby metal fan is an awareness that the bonds we forge because of this music can be fragile, but a day will come where the one will become whole once more. And in a time of despair, this fills me with hope. So, in in classic Toby style, a roller coaster yes. that ends positively. Can I just say that there are several of you, after doing Kitsune Moments and after this last survey we did, that should seriously consider a career in writing. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I mean that sincerely. <laughs> um, but yeah, once again, you know, I think Toby hits everything on the head. That's worth hitting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as we record, we are just coming off, as we mentioned sort of at the beginning off uh, the discussion of the from dusk till dawn vote, uh, mm-hmm. which, which did cause a bit of a, uh, kerfuffle, shall we say? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, all of this is well taken, but, um, uh, yeah, it is, it is something I guess I didn't actually say, um, in response to question one, but, um, this does, there was a, um, no, there were a number of people who kind of mentioned this as being kind of like a family. And I think mm-hmm. kind of like a family at holiday dinners with opposing political views <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> but, uh, Anyway. Yeah. I think that uh that pretty accurately sums it up. But I think for the most part we always come out on the other side okay and mm-hmm. the family is still intact. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yeah, we can maybe move to the next one. I think for the most part the future questions are we will cover in less depth. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> yeah. Uh so we wanted to know too after you've answered the first question, how has that answer changed compared to previous years? Again, we're kind of looking for, we're trying to promote people to talk about how 2020 has been unique for them. Uh, Reddit user city Pressure responded with, uh, the 12 months that ended after October 19 were exhilarating. I was impressed and humbled and excited by the new music, the new videos and interviews, and their concert appearances. I was moved by how powerful they had emerged from their previous dark times, more committed than ever, and I was eagerly looking forward to how they would surely conquer the world in 2020. But for most of 2020, I've had to be content with keeping the flame alive, secure the knowledge that they will return again in triumph. Um, and I, I picked that one because that was, I think, kind of encompassing of the theme of this question, of the responses we got. But, you know, basically, they built up all this momentum and then got shoved in the closet because of the pandemic. Um so it's been it's been hard. Yeah. So the next question that we asked was, um, "What is something Babe Metal related you were looking forward to that was canceled because of COVID nineteen? You know, so the salient thing of the you know majority of twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess I didn't pull a lot of things out from that, but there were quite a number of people who had concerts scheduled, who are going to or who are going to travel to Japan. Mm-hmm. That uh, you know couldn't go you know 
that they, the, the things were canceled or, you know, whatever plans they had made to be in Japan in October um, didn't happen. Yeah, that was that was definitely the theme of this question. Um, just to read one, Sharp Metal said uh, the shows they would have done in the countries they'd never been before and how epic it would have been. Uh, plus, I feel they would have maybe played uh, up down BBAB if COVID didn't happen. Um, and that was basically the everybody's response was, I wanted to go to concerts. Now I can't. Yeah. <laughs> There's also a pretty, uh, a pretty widespread speculative uh, concert that they never announced that people were referring to. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> right. But who knows what the world would have been like? Uh, it isn't unfortunately that way mm -hmm. but it is it was you know sort of sad to read the number of responses that said you know i was going to be <laughs> i was going to yeah. get to go to the show and it didn't happen uh, and i think we we kind of predicted when we were putting this together we'd get a lot of the same answers for that question yeah um and i, and I think that's okay the next question um i thought really turned out pretty interestingly so um has there been a time in the last year when baby metal has inspired you and what was it i, I pulled out a number of them but then someone else can go first <laughs> <laughs> i'm only picking this out because actually someone mentions my name <laughs> uh, this is from <laughs> how to get on the show i yep. know <laughs> this is from um lee metal which i'm i'm a very good friend of lee um the inspiration came from seeing how well Suomo handled continuing their mission of conquering the world as baby metal. Even with everything that's happened in 2018, they fought through and got out on the road, stronger than ever, working their tails off and doing it all with beaming smiles. As someone who suffers from depression, seeing baby metal power through and put so much effort into what they do gives me strength and to get up and power through myself, especially on the days where things get really tough. Besides baby metal themselves, the Kitsunes and Megatsunes of the fandom I'm good friends with helped me a lot for the past year shout out to one of them who's currently on the podcast itself me okay. <laughs> um, one of the biggest reasons for me even traveling to see baby metal multiple times in different countries is because of the one and how much i feel i'm a part of something special with those people they're they're the kind of family i always wish for and was so blessed in finding them through baby metal since 2015 yeah so that was lovely thank you lee <laughs> awesome I'll say it again. It's just always interesting to see the themes that always emerge. Mm. Um, we had some of these same themes, I think, when we did Kitsune Moments at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. I guess that was two years ago now. Holy crap. Yeah, wow. I guess it, it is getting close. <laughs> That's pretty weird. That is pretty weird. We've been yeah. doing this a while. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess, yeah, if, you, if, you're, if you're approaching 50 and you do it every other week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess that math checks out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I thought was interesting about this was that we got a number of people talking about artistic endeavors. So, mm. um, that was, I, I, that actually wasn't really what I was guessing we were going to get out of this question. Mm -hmm. But, um, so I'll, I'll mention maybe a couple and maybe I'll mention a couple more later too. But, um, so Prue said, they inspire me to keep living every day. I also want to become a costume designer, so their outfits inspire me very much when designing. I thought, oh, that's, a, that's interesting. Um, TO4 Metal wrote, After the discovery of Babe Metal, the inspiration to draw again occurred, which actually helped me get through this really crappy year of 2020. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. uh, yeah, one of the ones I pulled out uh, is actually 
somebody who wanted to remain anonymous. I can personally say that it affected me as a frustrated music enthusiast and because of baby metal influenced me to finding mostly Japanese music. Baby metal also cured me from anxiety and depression at times. Uh, if I feel uninspired at times, I listen to them and dig deeper. Um, and that has led me to become a Fouquet as well. I, I picked it for its simplicity, really, and that I thought it was kind of relatable to me. Um, you know, when I'm feeling down, I throw on any number of things, whether that be Baby Metal, Soccer Gakuen, um, or any of these other music groups that I've been exposed to, Baby Metal being the gateway into that whole scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I forget. There was, a, so there was a comment, and it was probably on one of the later ones, that kind of reminded me of when I was younger. I'm not at this moment all that young <laughs> but <laughs> back in the olden days i did used to be kind of into you know that's just sort of like you know various heavy metal things and and they were um and it is you know it, it has this sort of like anger and threat and violent and occult kind of nature to it you know and and a lot of energy and i always you know i it, that was one of the things that i really did find kind of inspiring about you know like the reason the reason i'm here now basically doing this is mm-hmm. is just that it um Baby metal managed to translate the energy, but but with a cheerfulness and a and a you know happiness that that uh, the other stuff didn't have. Yeah. Um, so it kind of it kind of reinvented it, it. It reinvigorated my interest, you know, in a way. When I'd pretty much gotten away from it, so. Right. So I guess that's how I would have answered this question <laughs> had I had I taken <laughs> the survey myself. Um, one from John or JH Metal 1995. Um, just their lyrics to many songs, or brackets, too many to mention, but they preach positivity in the face of negativity and keep me going through positive all the way through. Mm-hmm. Or keep me going positive all the way through, sorry. Yeah. And the, the cat approves. <laughs> yeah. Did you hear? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think, um, on that one, I was thinking too. I was going to say, you know, we've we've um, I guess we've talked a little bit about the lyrics to some of the songs, and there's been some really kind of interesting um, videos recently being posted about about sort of like the depth and stuff uh, behind these lyrics. And it is surprising, in a way, how complex and and uh, I don't know deep some of these lyrics are. Uh, maybe particularly the early ones, mm-hmm. but um, but there is there is really uh, uh, there's something to it. So, right. So now we're going to move into questions that kind of talk about and reflect on the last 10 years of the group. Uh, the first being, uh, what do you think was baby metal's biggest moment of the last decade? So there, there was definitely a theme with this. Um, I would say the overwhelming majority of responses, uh, picked Tokyo dome and expanded on Tokyo dome and why they thought it was their biggest moment of the last decade. Um, I picked an answer first that, acknowledges that which i thought was interesting but goes in a different direction i know most will pick tokyo dumb but for me it was budokan their first major show with the commies performing throughout with yui and moa singing live performing all their songs back to back announcing their world tour we also saw how professional they really were continuing on after yui fell off the stage and moa fell on the walkway they were no longer just little girls singing and dancing they were tough as nails other bands would have stopped, but they kept going, and then they apologized for the mistakes. Amazing, uh, says Loon. Yeah, I think that's that is well said. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, 
But yes, the uh, uh, Tokyo Dome was the overwhelming <laughs> response. Yes, Tokyo the, Dome was the overwhelming response. There were actually quite a lot. Uh, like even though that was the overwhelming response, there were quite a number of people who said other things. Yeah. So Stephen Colbert was mentioned once by Andrew, mm-hmm. and um, I'm surprised actually there was only once. But uh, yeah, that that was pretty. That that was certainly a biggest moment. Well, defined in one way. A couple of people noted the uh, release of the Gimme Chocolate video also as mm-hmm. the biggest moment. Yeah. Um, another couple I want to call out um, are actually from our Japanese survey uh, from anonymous users in Japan who took the time to fill it out. Nama Kamibando Suke Dakoto, which translates roughly to the introduction of the Kami band playing live. I pulled that one out because I, it's not something I would have thought of initially, but I would definitely, in hindsight, after being after after hearing it mentioned would say yeah that's kind of a, that was kind of a big deal of the last 10 years was mm-hmm. transitioning from the playback track to live musicians um and i wonder how many people or where they would be now if they did not do that because i got to say i don't know that i would have become as big a fan as i have had they not done that because i was definitely into the music and the comedy band first yeah i don't know where I would be on that. But I, I, I suspect that I would not be quite as involved. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, one of the other ones I pulled out from the uh, Japanese survey, uh, another, again, anonymous Japanese user, uh, Yui no Datai, or the withdrawal of Yui, Yui Metal from Baby Metal as the biggest moment of the last 10 years. Um, again, another answer, while, you know, kind of short and simple, I would not have thought of like that if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Definitely not the first thing to come to mind as the biggest moment of the last 10 years. It's uh, had an impact, I guess, if, if that's how we want to define it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and I don't want to sway this positive or negative, um, but it was definitely a huge thing that happened in the last 10 years. Um, and it's definitely, it's not, like I said, not something that I would have thought of initially to include there. Yeah. So let's see. Uh, Otherwise, you know, I think um, a lot of the a lot of the things were big things that we would have, you know, that you, that you could make a case for. So the forum, Legend Us, Wembley, Legend Metal Galaxy, Glastonbury, mm-hmm. like all of these individually have have a kind of a claim to the biggest moment. Yeah, I agree with that. Sonosphere, um, chart topping with both. Metal Resistance and Metal Galaxy. Mm-hmm. It's kind of amazing to think how many "quote unquote" big moments there have been in the last ten years, right? Where I think uh, if you try and did the same exercise with other groups that have only been around ten years, I think the list would be shorter. And so the follow-up question to that: uh, so the previous question was largely about big metals, big moments. Um, the follow-up had to do with your own, you know, favorite big metal related moment. Maybe I'll start with this, even though um we just read <laughs> a different one uh, <laughs> from him. But uh, so my favorite moment is not something I witnessed in person. The end of the Wembley concert where Sue, Yue, and Moa thank the audience. That they took the time to learn their comments in English means a lot, but the sentiment behind their comments makes my heart swell with love and pride. I cry mm-hmm. every time I watch it. Every time. So mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. 
Again, I don't know that that's something that I would have picked, but I really appreciate the sentiment there. And I could, I could see that. Mm-hmm. And I think I, you know, in hindsight, kind of take that moment for granted, if I'm honest. Uh, so, th- you know, thanks for making me kind of think about that moment in a different light. Yeah. Eric on Twitter says the first time I saw them in Japan, Yokohama 2019, it's like the weight of their influence on my life hit all at once. I found myself in the middle of that crowd thinking over and over again. I can't believe I'm here. I picked that because I identify with that completely at 100 percent. It it was surreal. I I told the story kind of in my show report when I got back in that episode. And if you want to hear the whole thing, go back in time and find that. But, yeah, I remember just standing there thinking to myself, holy crap, I'm here. You know, this this is something that I've wanted to do basically since the first night I fell into the foxhole um, and to actually stand there and be in that moment was it, it was surreal and probably over too soon <laughs> yes and over way too soon <laughs> yeah um kelly was there any that you wanted to pull out yeah there was one here from um cam uh-huh. maybe, <laughs> maybe i was gonna old. guess oh wait it was the next one <laughs> fits the theme um, right <laughs> um he said maybe a, bit, a little biased but for me it was the forum in america uh Spending roughly 19 hours with Kitsune's and meeting so many people, including you guys. So I met Cam. I don't know if you two met him. Mm-hmm. I met Cam. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that was nice. Um, when, when I pulled out for this question, um, favorite moment of the last 10 years, just for its simplicity, and I thought it was amusing, was uh, from Peru. Lamau, too many to choose. Probably just <laughs> the whole summer of 2019. I was expecting a shit comeback and was pleasantly surprised. That's it. Yep. I thought that was hysterical because <laughs> I think I think that's something we probably have all thought before. At least I did. Being pleasantly surprised, expecting not, or not knowing what to expect when they came back last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I just thought that was funny. Uh, let's see. Um, I have one more here. Sure. Um, my first baby metal concert in February 2020. I was, I never was at a concert before, but in February I went to Sabaton and shortly after that to Baby Metal. Seeing fans I talked to through the internet in person and seeing Sue and Moa in person was a very emotional experience, especially Road of Resistance when we all sang together. I never experienced a feeling of connection like that before. Now I understand what Baby Metal means and what they say about we are the one from Lucifer. Nice. Okay. Um, so the next question we had uh, was, since becoming a fan, how has your life changed, if at all? Um, and this is actually the one that I remembered uh, from before. So I'll, <laughs> I'll read the one that that, uh, that I was um, thinking of. So this is from Colonel, I guess you'd say. Um, mm-hmm. I've got back into metal music, which I neglected for years. I've bought more music this year than in the last 10 years. <laughs> um, and... Uh, I identify with that, you know, that, that this was, um, for me as well, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of, um, kind of bringing back something that I, that I used to be important to me, but had, but I kind of left aside. I I had, you know, much or listened to much or whatever prior to this, uh, suddenly getting kind of like dumped into this, (laughs) dumped into this group. Uh, so what I'm going to call out for this question, uh, since becoming a fan, how has your life changed if at all? Um, because I think it's relevant not only to the last couple of days, but kind of the last month. Um, I'm definitely more tolerant of others' opinions. 
how I'm going to how am I going to criticize what other people like when my favorite band consists of a teenage at the time I was introduced to them girls singing and dancing to metal music. And that's from Darren. Mm -hmm. More tolerant of other people's opinions. Um, I definitely kind of agree with that sentiment. So this is from Blue-Eyed Stray. Before Baby Metal, I definitely would have never spent this much money on a band. <laughs> 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 yeah, but jokes aside, they also introduced me to more metal music and overall just made me become more open to other genres and genre-breaking music. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So true. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, I definitely see myself in that comment as well. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Ray, I'm not even going to try. Ray on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was the cliche loner who had no future, nothing. But ever since joining the fan base, I met people that supported me, encouraged me, people that are truly family now, despite the kilometers between us. I went from no future to trying to do my best to move from my country to a place where seeing baby metal is more accessible. It also made me a better human being. And also maybe more confident in who I am and what I stand for. So I'll forever be thankful for Baby Metal for giving me so much. Mm -hmm. Amazing. And sometimes when I when I read through these, I think, boy, it kind of sounds like we're a cult. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, I, I don't think I don't I don't think it is quite like that. I mean, like it it uh, they they sort of present possibilities that you might not have thought of you know that that uh they 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 help you they challenge what you're thinking and help you clarify what you mm -hmm. think somehow in a way that you know it's um you know they, they're they're a catalyst for something yeah definitely so um and, and keeping with this theme because i i think it's important to keep calling back to it uh one of our anonymous responses uh, before baby metal came into my life, I had an unknown future. I didn't know what to do with my life and had lots of doubt. After I discovered them, they helped me find the light within me. Basically, in a way, telling me that things will get better and to just keep pushing through each day. I took that as motivation and things have gotten a lot better since then. I still have some uncertainty about my future, but with baby metal, I will always have something to look forward to and get me through life. Nice. I, I, that's just such a cool theme. Um, it, it's amazing to me every time people are willing to open up like that. And I think that speaks volumes about our community of fans. So from TO4 Metal, uh, the uh, answer was, dude, totally. <laughs> I've been greatly <laughs> inspired to draw again. Something that is helping me get through this active global pandemic. I'm now communicating with big metal fan artists from Japan on Twitter, have quick texts with fans in the UK and across the USA, something I would never have done before, but now here I am doing it all because of a Kawaii metal group from Japan. Lol. <laughs> so, very nice. Awesome. Uh, Lee metal at general Lee 1988 on Twitter without going into details. I was barely hanging on by a thread in life as I headed toward my mid twenties, hope, motivation, Happiness and passion were just dwindled down to basically nothing. Addictions to the likes of alcohol and various pills also plagued me. Adding to that the already existing depression, loneliness, and anger, I was a recipe for disaster. To be brutally honest, still being alive today is very surprising to me, considering the number of times it could have been and almost was the end on multiple occasions. 
It's worth noting that I'd also lost interest and passion in discovering newer music for the most part, which had once been the biggest part of my love and pastime. Until one day in the summer of 2015, I stumbled upon a miracle. That miracle was, of course, baby metal. The discovery was my first step. The foxhole was the second step. The third step was meeting all the incredible Kitsune friends that would end up becoming like my second family. As I said, long story short, kinda, (laughs) but in the five years since, I'm completely clean and sober, the healthiest and lowest weight I've been since my teenage years, and the happiest I've probably ever been, and making progress every single day. There's still uphill battles to climb, of course, but it's all worth it. To think that all that can stem from a simple scroll through the related video section on YouTube, then bam, your life takes a complete 180 degree turn. I'm truly blessed and thankful every day that I found this band and these fans. It reignited my love for music as well as my love for life that I never imagined regaining ever again. Kitsune's up for life. Excellent. Yeah. It somehow feels like there's little to say that it doesn't sound too trivial. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, again, impressed with the, the willingness of people to open up. Like, what an incredible story. And there have been so many incredible stories in these little data collection projects we have done. Yeah. Maybe I'll just, I'll, I'll put in uh, one more here. So this is Paul said, uh, it's changed a lot because because of Babe Metal, I've traveled all over the world and met some of the most amazing people in my life. They've taken me to Japan many times, to the U.S. and to several cities in Europe. I don't know what my life would have been like in the past six years without them. Um, and I think that that is... um. Yeah, like I, I can identify with that too. Like it really mm-hmm. does feel like there's a, a it has had a, a you know outsized effect <laughs> on on many of our lives. Mm-hmm. So, um, certainly, you know, I I think I, I forget if I forget when I said this last, but um, you know, the idea that I would get on a plane for a a day worth of concert mm. <laughs> is, you know, would have been insane any other uh, any other year. Yeah, absolutely. And I've flown to two. I've flown to two. I mean, like you know, and I, and I'm and I'm still sort of like in the low numbers compared to other people. <laughs> but, uh. Uh, so the next question we asked are, what are your hopes for Baby Metal for the next ten years? So the the last couple of questions we are trying to look forward and see what the next ten years might have to bring. Um, again, there was kind of a theme i think the prevailing theme that kind of came out of this question in particular was i hope they're still around (laughs) still doing stuff um but that doesn't mean there aren't interesting answers um that i think are worth mentioning uh arcano writes well more music better communication with the fans i was supporter of them getting social medias but to be honest right now i feel like it's better for them to actually not have them (laughs) and totally agree (laughs) i i picked that I think just because of the heat of the moment of when we're recording this. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do agree with that sentiment. Mm-hmm. Saddle makes I find it quite funny. Um, just keep going, Amuse. Please, I'll buy more aprons if that's what it takes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that one a lot. That was from Dan. Oh, uh, that's great. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, Rick Wagner had a gave one that uh, sort of echoed, I think, something I said before, which is uh, I'd like them to become popular enough to sell out venues like Madison Square Garden. Um, yeah, that mm. often pops up every now and then. Mm-hmm. 
garden. I think a lot of people hope that they do eventually go there. Yeah. Yeah, and I, so this um this kind of reminds me of the the thing that I was the one that I read up before where it's like I, I would like them to become popular enough that everybody likes them along with me, <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> I I have attempted you know I, I've I've shown them to a couple people and it's just landed flat. <laughs> it's like okay, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Paul says more of the same, really. To me, they are the most awesome band in the world. I have dedicated pretty much every spare cent I have and every vacation day to them in the past six years. I have no intention of stopping. As long as Suzuka is performing on stage somewhere in the world, I'll do everything I can to be there to support her. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, on the flip side of that, to go in a completely different direction, um, I, I want to call out a response from Steve. Uh, sadly, I don't think they'll be around in 10 years. But in that time, I hope for at least two more studio albums and to see them perform live again. I think and I hope that Sue and Moa will be set up for life in whatever activities they pursue post-Baby Metal. I also am locked and loaded to support Yui in whatever she does, if she ever resurfaces. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I called that one out because it was the first one to, I think, have a contrary take on this question. And just saying that they straight up don't think they'll be around in 10 years, um, which I think is an interesting discussion to have. Yeah. Yeah, it sort of dovetails a little bit with the the next question, which had to do with the concerns for the next 10 years, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which, uh, as you might guess, uh, had a near unanimous response. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, Yeah, one one that I had... uh, called out, which is actually from uh, Anonymous. Um, I know that Kobo will do his best to make Baby Metal more and more interesting and talked about for years to come. I hope for more great music and unique discographies. Hoping they can go to my country, the Philippines, not just once, uh, since I've seen a lot of my fellow countrymen recognize them as an artist. They are changing the music scene, and it is really admirable for me to see that happening. So um, this is, you know, back on the positive train again. <laughs> but, um, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, I, I kind of liked the the acknowledgement of the sort of increasingly diverse uh portfolio they have or what do you call it repertoire i guess um that that they really are exploring different and unique things and um so and there's a hope for them to go to the philippines (laughs) (laughs) yeah absolutely maybe we can go on to the concerns yeah So. so i guess that takes us to our final question that we asked what are your concerns about baby metal for the next 10 years Okay. Uh, and like Paul alluded to, there there was an overwhelming theme to this. <laughs> Paul, do you want to detail what that is? Uh, well, I mean, the the main thing that people responded, I mean, everybody can guess or say it in unison or whatever, which is that they <laughs> they stop. You know that they yeah. that sometime in the next ten years they they will they will not do it um, anymore. Mm-hmm. But there are there are sort of variants on that too. So um, some concern that they. Well, actually, some concern that they won't stop, <laughs> actually, <laughs> but that they will do something we don't want. <laughs> right. So I guess that 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 was a strong sub theme as well, you know, that they would become more like idols or that or that they would continue in name only, but without the people we know. Mm-hmm. So actually, I did I did a fairly poor job of pulling out specific responses, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the, the one that kind of hits that overarching theme I pulled out from Dan uh, my biggest concern is that Sue and Moa get tired of all the rules and drop the band. 
My concern is that the communication barrier they have built backfires and starts turning people away. And also, I hope they don't play pop. (laughs) 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 Yeah. But but there were some other interesting ones um, in there that I think are worth mentioning. Um, Mm -hmm. Anonymous says, if they ever reach another 10 years, I hope that the structure that Koba established will still be intact. Unmask the commie ban. The Avengers is a good thing, or maybe if there's a permanent third member, that would be great as well. Hopefully the staff will do something unexpected yet amazing about that. Uh, bring back Sue solos. Give Moa a song, or maybe with a third member. I'm good with a featured artist as long as the vision is still there. Um, and, and I think the, the sentence that really made me pull this one out is, do not sell out. Do not be like anybody else. Lore is great. I can't wait for what's going to happen next. Only the Fox God knows. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting because I have, I don't think I've ever heard somebody actually comment that they really love the lore and they, <laughs> they enjoy the, the mysteriousness <laughs> side of all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the message or the concern about selling out, I think is uh, an interesting one. Yeah. Well, I know I've often been kind of, like I felt kind of resistance to the idea that gets po- proposed often, you know, that, that they should do things more like what other people do, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like um, other groups do X, so they should do X, you know, um, right. and whatever that is, you know, have social media or, or, you know, have food blogs or whatever it is, you know? <laughs> and, yeah, um, you know, it does, it seems to me like, um, if you, what you want is a band or a group that does one of those other things, then go find one of them. They, they do exist. <laughs> that was part mm-hmm. of the premise. Right. Um, but I, you know, I, I think that one of the, one of the things that I really do treasure, I guess, about baby metal is the, um, is the, is the sort of uniqueness, the, the difference that they, they have managed to put the, the distance they've managed to put between themselves and what everybody else does. So, right. So, I, you know, I, I don't – I mean, I guess I worry about that a little bit. If they were to become more like everybody else, then they wouldn't stand out. And then mm-hmm. we wouldn't – you know, that's not really a path to to them becoming megastars <laughs> or whatever. Right. And, I mean, that was always that was always kind of a worry um, as the thing that they were sort of at the beginning, which was like, you know, little girls playing metal, <laughs> uh, sort of stopped <laughs> being – the thing that they could be known for, you know, so, right. so they really had, they had to, to shift to something. Mm-hmm. And um, the risk is that they would wind up being just like, you know, one of, one of many other acts. So. Right. The last one I pulled out because it was so different from everything else. And I think is interesting. There's a concern about their privacy. Uh, Lisa says, as they become adults, I would hope that Sue and Moa continue to be afforded their privacy. Mm-hmm. And I suppose that kind of, in a way relates to what you had just been talking about with regard to lore and being different. Yeah. And I do think it's important. And I think it's something that I think we as a fan group probably take for granted that they're able to kind of almost live this Hannah Montana style life where they have their, (laughs) their personas, um, but can be relatively normal when they're not in costume. Yeah. I know a couple of people did worry about the possibility that they might continue but not want to. Mm. I'm not that worried about that myself at this point. Mm-hmm. I think that they, that I, I think we have gotten the sense that they are, that they are committed to doing it. And, the, and I sort of trust that if they weren't, they would not do it. 
Right. It was really interesting to read these uh, and really kind of um, humbling and flattering and all that to to have managed to elicit so many. <laughs> so thank you, everybody, for for yeah. listening to this and uh, being interested enough in it to actually submit these responses. Yeah, really can't thank everybody enough for taking the time and being so thoughtful with their answers. Um, I'm, I'm sorry we can't get to everybody, but know that we uh, we definitely read every single one of them and appreciated every single one of them. Mm-hmm. Well, except for you, you know who you are. <laughs> no, they were all great. They were all great. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I guess the the next time we'll, we anticipate talking about the contents of the Katakawa volume to the extent that we can. Um, Kevin, you have that, right? You, ha- you have it physically in I do. hand, right? I do indeed. Uh, Callie, do you? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mine, mine. I paid for the shipping of it. We'll see if it arrives. <laughs> uh, uh, where did you order it from? Actually, I, I ordered a ridiculous number of them. I, I ordered, <laughs> I ordered one from A Smart, and had it sent mm-hmm. to, um, to Tenso. Right. And then I thought, well, that's dumb. That's cheap. Uh. I should order two. But I, <laughs> but I thought that twice and forgot in between. So I ordered a second one from A Smart and a second one from Amazon. <laughs> Oh, geez. <laughs> so I have three coming. Nice. Um, but, uh, but anyway, yeah, so it's, it's, uh, been bundled together by Tenso and in yeah. principle, they will be sending it. My, uh, my second copy is coming from Amazon through Tenso. So that's a little bit of delay. Uh-huh. But now we know that the postcard that comes with the Amazon version is different to the one on ASMART. Oh, interesting. Yes. It is. Yes. Cool. So I, I hope that I will be able to be able to join you in holding this in my hand when we talk about <laughs> it. <laughs> but, um, there have been a few sort of attempted translations, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sort of for bits of this. I think, you know, this thing is huge and um, there's no way we're going to know all of the things that are in it. But uh, I think there'll be plenty to talk about anyway. So, yeah. Okay. Um, so, I guess we've talked about what we'll do next time and we've talked through all of the things um, we've been recording for practically two hours as, as we kind of expected, I suppose. So I guess, should I stop? Are we done? <laughs> any other, any final words? I think that takes us to the end. All right. So I guess that's it for this episode. You can join us on the Baby Metal Podcast Discord to continue the conversation. Rating the podcast on whatever platform you listen on will help people find it, so please do that. You can send us feedback at, at feedback at babymetalpodcast.com. Uh, we'll be back here in about two weeks. We hope you'll join us then. Until then, see you. <laughs> <laughs>